Blog Talk Radio. It's time for the kickoff. Behind everything that is great, there is a great mind, a mastermind. Get ready for the fantasy football mastermind edge. The definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Your host, fantasy football mastermind, Michael Nazareth, has several decades of fantasy football experience. His website, ffmastermind.com, offers comprehensive fantasy football information, including a preseason drafting strategy guide and weekly in-season fantasy football newsletters. The Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge offers fantasy football picks to click and flip. The latest NFL news and much, much more each week during the fantasy football season. Remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. You lose! Good day, sir! Here's your host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge. Michael Nazareth. Welcome to the show, everybody, and welcome to December. Yes, the final month. Well, it really is the final month of the most important weeks of the fantasy football season. My name is Michael Nazareth, and I'm host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge podcast. Fantasy Football Mastermind can be found online at ffmastermind.com. And with me once again, Chris Rito, very good friend, very talented writer, very good, experienced fantasy player. How you doing tonight, Chris? Very well, sir. Very well. I can't believe it's week 14 already. It's, you know, the end of the regular season for, for most leagues. Uh, might even be the start of your playoffs. Uh, and we've still got a huge bye week, so it's going to be some crazy uh, juggling of lineups and rosters. And we hopefully will give you some good advice when we get to our clicks to flick and pick based on the, to get you through this very important week with a lot less people on your roster available. That's right, people. If you're unaware, this is the final bye week, and there's six teams off the Atlanta Falcons, the Chicago Bears, the Green Bay Packers, Indianapolis Colts over there in Indy, the New Orleans Saints, and the Washington Commanders. They're all off, so sit all your uh, Bears, Falcons, Packers, Colts, Saints, and Commanders. And uh, let's get right to the important news and notes. A couple of quarterback injuries, big ones. Uh, Lamar Jackson uh, for Baltimore. Uh, I think he got hurt about this time last year, too. And uh, this year it's a PCL injury. So it looks like he's going to miss at least one week out, uh, one to three weeks. Tyler Huntley looks like he's going to get the start. Uh, looks pretty good in the game on Sunday. Uh, Chris, what's your uh, thoughts on the fantasy impact uh, with this injury in Baltimore? Yeah, uh, Huntley actually looked pretty good last year. You, you may or may not recall, I know I started him down the stretch in, in a couple of leagues where I picked him up. He, he averaged, if I'm not mistaken, over 20 points a game. Um, he's got a reasonably high floor because he gets he runs the ball a lot as well. He's not Lamar Jackson, but I think he averaged you know about 50 yards a game, which is which is pretty good for a quarterback. Um, obviously, the, the Lamar Jackson's you know fantasy value is not really based on the passing game. Neither was really anyone else in uh, in Baltimore, with the exception of Mark Andrews, and I don't think that's going to change much. So I don't really think it has a huge impact on the uh, <clears throat> on the fantasy fortunes of most of the other Ravens. Uh, maybe Gus Edwards gets a little boost because I don't think Huntley is as likely to score on the goal line as Jackson was, although he got their only touchdown this past week uh, as a substitute. So all things considered, I think it's it's probably, you know, kind of status quo. And I think you can probably, if you have Huntley, plug him in uh, uh, and to replace Jackson, unless, you know, maybe you have another better backup. Maybe you've got, you know, a, a 
like a Dak Prescott sword or something that's riding your bench behind uh, behind Lamar Jackson. But if you can pick up Huntley, whether he's your normal starter or not, I think you could do okay with him down the stretch uh, based on their schedule and based on his productivity and his high score. Yeah, and uh, that's that's not a uh, uh, impossibility because on our bench is Dak Prescott on, on FanX. We have Joe Burrow, and we're starting Burrow every week, and, uh, you know, Dak's nice to have. Uh, <laughs> in fact, we had two on the team, too, and we traded him from Ron to St. Brown, so that's worked out well in our favor. So, uh, you know, people, you got to use what you got. If you got an extra quarterback or whatnot, uh, you know, you start your best player, but, uh, you know, always, always look to trade if, you, if, if there is still a – um, still uh, room to trade in your in your league, and there's not been a, a deadline reached. Anyway, let's move on over to uh, San Francisco. Another quarterback went down early in the game. Uh, Jimmy G, Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, he he is out for the rest of the regular season. A foot injury. They thought he was gone, you know, for for months and months. It looks like he he doesn't have a Liz Frank uh, injury, but he needs seven eight weeks to recover, and that puts it mid to late uh, January. And, of course, the Super Bowl's in February. So, for the rest of this season, it's going to be Mr. Irrelevant, Brock Purdy, who impressed me when he came onto the game and was throwing uh, accurate passes, making good decisions, and, and they won that game, uh, really based on uh, what uh, Purdy did to uh, to lead the team. Of course, with CMC, it's a little bit easier. But So, what's your thoughts uh, on the 49ers' uh, fantasy impact, Chris, in terms of Debo Samuel and, and George Kittle and uh, Brandon Ayuk and – CMC and the rest of the gang uh, with this injury to Jimmy G. Yeah, that's really interesting because the big benefit to, to Jimmy G was not really his statistical output. It's just that he was a really, he was just a, like a good field general. Like, like, I mean, I use, they use the term game manager usually as a negative, but it, it really wasn't. I mean, the team just wins with him, uh, whereas they didn't with guys who were more talented or more gifted, maybe like a Trey Lance. So I, I'm I'm curious to see if the team will all rally around this young guy. They seem to really like him. They seem to play well with him this last week. Uh, who knows if that was an emotional in the moment thing or if it'll carry through uh, for the, for the weeks to come. Um, I really liked what I saw from Purdy, so I think he'll be okay. Um, I don't know if I if I think he has the same upside uh, as Garoppolo week to week, and he might have more downside because sooner or later those rookie yips are going to catch up if you get a good defense and uh, you might throw some picks, uh, which, which could hurt you if you're having for fantasy. I think everyone else, I would maybe, you know, take them down a notch, but really none of those guys you're ever going to think about benching. You're not going to bench McCaffrey. You're not going to bench a healthy Debo Samuel. You're probably not benching a healthy Brandon Ayuk. Uh, you're probably never, ever going to bench a healthy George Kittle. So I think they're all still in your lineup. Maybe I temper expectations for the blow-up game uh, a little bit, but I – I, I I would uh, say that probably their floor is about the same as it was before. Okay, so uh, let's say that you uh, did lose Lamar Jackson and or Jimmy G or Justin Fields is on a bye, uh, Taylor Heineke's on a bye, uh, Andy Dalton, you know, kind of getting low there. But you've got a choice between these two guys, Huntley and uh, Purdy. Uh, are you going to go solidly for Huntley first? Absolutely. They not only do they have a little bit better schedule down the stretch, but again, the high floor that uh, the, the high floor that his rushing provides you and uh, his experience provides you, as compared to the lower floor that the possibility of turnovers and and maybe some rookie mistakes and some some rookie bad play might have down the road. I think you definitely go Huntley of these. But there's also a lot of guys who might be available on your waiver wire, um, depending on the size of your league. 
which you might be able to fill in with down the stretch. You know, Taylor Heineke is a guy that I see available in a lot of leagues, although, again, going to buy this week. He's got a decent schedule and, and some decent productivity that could be okay if you don't get lucky enough to get a Huntley. So um, I, I think you might be okay. Uh, hopefully you've got another backup, which you should always have backups as your key positions going into the playoffs, if at all possible. There should be no wasted roster spots going into your playoffs. We'll talk more about that in a little bit. Yep. Okay, uh, moving on over to, to Seattle. Fantasy owners that were depending on Kenneth Walker to have a good game last week because he had a good matchup there. Uh, got a nasty surprise when he left with a foot-slash-ankle injury. Really turned out to be a jammed ankle. Uh, and it was Tony Jones that filled in because DJ Jallis got injured in the game and tra- Travis Homer was already out with an injury. Uh, so, uh, Chris, what's your thoughts here? Uh, Kenneth Walker's kind of iffy to play here. Do you run out and grab the Tony Jones, or what, what, what do you do? Well, I think DJ Dallas is the guy you want of the two of them. And actually, Dallas came back in after he was injured. He wasn't as effective, but he did come back in the game. So I think if for any reason Walker is out again this week, Dallas is probably the guy that's going to get – I think they're still going to share snaps and touches, but I think Dallas is going to be the guy that they trust the most uh, going forward. And certainly with the fact that they're still in the playoff hunt and they've got some skill at the uh, – some talent at the other skill positions, I think they're going to be able to get by with the guy that they know and trust a little bit more uh, in DJ Dallas. So I think that's the guy that you really want. Okay. Well, we, we watch the practice reports and see if uh, Dallas practices. Obviously, if he does practice uh, with uh, limited or full practice, then he's probably going to be the guy if Kenneth Walker can't play. So uh, we, we already mentioned this is kind of the pre-playoff uh, show. Uh, some people are starting their fantasy playoffs this week. Um, I think the majority will probably have one more week to go, and then they're into their playoffs. So if you're still listening to this podcast, obviously you have a vested interest. You're probably uh, going into the playoffs with at least one of your teams. If you're like uh, Chris and myself, we have many teams, and we didn't like, I didn't quite make the playoffs in all of them, but uh, it, we're fortunate that we're on the cusp of making the playoffs in Fanex again for so many years. Uh, it's been a while since we've, we've won a championship, but we've got multiple championships there. But what's, what's one or two key things that you would uh, give advise um, fantasy people, fantasy owners do to manage their roster and such as we approach the playoffs, Chris? Well, you know, it kind of depends on your league's rules uh, as far as when you can make pickups, when you, uh, when you can make trades. Most teams don't allow trades this late in the year. But if you can still make pickups, I think you want to you make sure that you've got a backup. You know, you want to carry a Tyler Huntley if you've got Lamar Jackson in case something happens. Because if you can't make a replacement on your roster later, you've got to make sure you have a guy you can put in. And the guys you want on your bench, uh, like say you don't, you, you don't have a Tyler Huntley, you want a quarterback as your backup. If you don't have another, you know, viable stud, high-level number two, you want to try and go out and get a guy that's got some good matchups down the stretch, maybe a, a, a Ryan Tannehill or, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Go get a Jared Goff, you know, some guy that can really put up some, some big production uh, if, if you need it down the stretch. You don't end up getting a zero or like a, an 11 instead of the, the 20 or 25 you're used to getting from Lamar Jackson. Um, you want to watch the schedules as well. Um, you, you, know, look, you look at your opponents, uh, not only for setting lineups, for pitting, getting your people, but you don't want to just look at the season-long stats. You want to look at the recent stats because over the course of the year, things change with injuries, um, roster changes, players come in, players drop off. You know, if you, you look at the season-long stats, for example, for the Lions, the Lions' defense season-long has been atrocious, and it's been really good in some ways and really bad in some other ways. But for the last four or five weeks, you know, if you've watched the Lions at all, you know they've turned the corner. They've really stepped up. They're in the playoff hunt, believe it or not. And their defensive stats have shown 
a tendency to allow certain things now that they didn't allow before, and they've shut down things in the last month that they didn't shut down early. So, again, the recent stats are the ones that are the most important. And then the final thing I want to remind you of, especially if you're when you're talking about streaming positions like kickers and defenses, and when you're playing matchups for guys that are close, look at the weather. The weather can be a huge factor in these late-season games, especially for kickers and, and, and the passing game. Um, you watch the weather right up till kickoff if you can make a change in your lineup. You know, there's been times when a snowstorm has showed up in Buffalo or Cleveland or New York or Philadelphia, which has grossly changed the productivity of that game. And so you want to be able to make a switch at a moment's notice. You want to watch the weather. And, you, and you, if in general you want to pick up kickers that are kicking indoors uh, during, during these, these key winter months. So those are kind of the things that I look for. And then last thing I guess I'll say is when in doubt, player studs. All things considered equal, player studs. You know, if you've got a, a stud, if, let's say you've got Patrick Mahomes. Obviously, you're never going to bench him. But let's say you've got Patrick Mahomes and a guy that's, you know, really solid. Uh, maybe you've got a, a Dak Prescott who's playing a really terrible pass defense. Don't play Dak Prescott over Patrick Mahomes. If, if you bench your stud and, you're, and he goes off, you're going to feel stupid. But if you bench your backup and he goes off, you go, well, you know, I was playing Patrick Mahomes. It's not like I had a choice. So when in doubt, play your studs. You'll feel better about it even if you're wrong. Yeah, those are all good points. I think of the Baltimore Ravens defense, especially the run defense early in the season, the whole defense was uh, terrible. If you remember, Tua had that big game and all. Now their secondary is still uh, not exactly uh, great, but it's a little bit improved. And, of course, they uh, made the Roquan Smith uh, trade, and so their run defense is very, very good. But, yeah, keep, keep in mind all these uh, tips that we've uh, tried to help you guys, you guys out there. And the last thing you want to do is, is if you've got anybody on your roster that's uh, totally out or whatnot, like uh, uh, Matt Stafford, maybe add him as a backup, you want, to, you want to dump him and pick somebody up, even a Taylor Heineke or somebody that's uh, going to play or whatnot, because you never know. Because if, you, if you're relying on Josh Allen, if that elbow uh, you know, gets hit again or flares up or whatever, you don't want to be stuck going, oh, my God, I can't, I've got nobody because I've got Stafford and he's on IR. So I always want to make sure you round out your, your, uh, your roster and get it playoff ready. Anyway, uh, obviously, uh, if you guys want a complete list of all injuries and such, come on over to ffmastermind.com. It's part of our weekly newsletter. And guess what, people? We've just uh, reduced it one final time. Nine ninety five gets you the final what five plus newsletters. Uh, that, that's that's ridiculous. It's, it's the price of a medium pizza, not even a large pizza. So you can try us out ffmastermind.com with that. And uh, one note I wanted to mention on on an injury course, Tua uh, hurt his ankle during the game. He came in kind of with a sore ankle there, but however, he is expected to start this week. Obviously, watch the practice reports. But if he makes it through. Uh, then then looks like he dodged the bullet right there. And, of course, we want to thank our sponsor, FanDuel, for sponsoring our podcast for the 2022 fantasy season. So make sure you tackle millions of prizes all football season long in FanDuel's fantasy contest. If you're new to fantasy, there's no better time to get in on the action because right now new customers get a free single-game entry when you sign up for FanDuel. Single-game contests are a great way to get in on the action on for the week's biggest matchups with huge cash prizes up for grabs. Just draft your five-player lineup, put your best player in the MVP position. That fancy for that uh, for that player, the fancy points are multiplied by one and a half. Plus, on FanDuel, you can also play full slate contests featuring multiple games, season-long best ball contests, and so much more. And when you win, you get paid fast because uh, I've won and I've been paid fast before. So I know that they're, they're good at, at doing that. So make sure you kick off your football season, even if it's December and you haven't played. And you're like, yeah, I want to try for a week. 
you'll get a free single game entry. Just download the FanDuel Fantasy app and sign up with promo code MASTERMIND. That's M-A-S-T-E-R-M-I-N-D. That's promo code MASTERMIND. One more time, M-A-S-T-E-R-M-I-N-D to get your free single game entry. We'll be right back after this important message. You know you want to dominate your fantasy football league. Manage your teams with assistance from the definitive fantasy football information service, Fantasy Football Mastermind. Found on the web at ffmastermind.com. There's plenty of free stuff, and the premium content will consistently give your teams the best chance to go all the way. Co-founder and CEO Michael Nazarek has several decades of experience including winning four consecutive SI.com Experts League Championships, along with tens of thousands of dollars playing in the Fantasy Football Players Championship. Go to ffmastermind.com and check out their volumes of fantasy football content updated daily, which give you the edge you need to legitimately claim championship. Championship! Read Drafter, Dynasty, Keeper, Auction, Salary Cap, ID. They cover them all with the best content available anywhere. Go to ffmastermind.com. The longer you wait, the more great information you'll be missing. Okay, we all urge everyone check out our website, ffmastermind.com, uh, and you can check out our feature uh, flagship feature on the site, NFL Quick Bits all the breaking news around the NFL updated on a daily basis. Of course, we're still posting free Eye in the Sky scanning reports, including those that cover the Colts from Chris Rito. Our weekly fantasy newsletters, like I said, a late season sale, $9.95. 4th and 1 injury report, uh, all the uh, injury uh, injuries updated on a daily basis. As news breaks, we email you the information with instant fantasy analysis from yours truly as well as the market feature on Tuesday, uh, rankings on Wednesday, uh, a game matchup analysis throughout the week for all the games, uh, thir- thir- well, lots of stuff, uh, inside slant, uh, off the top of my head, I can't even name everything. <laughs> we update our rankings on uh, Saturday, and, of course, we add a, a fantasy reach section uh, along there. And, of course, we post all the inactives uh, an hour and a half before the games begin on Sunday in our premium injury quick bits where we go over all the injuries as they break for premium subscribers. So once again, nine ninety five late season sale. Of course, follow me on Twitter at FFMastermind. All right, let's get to this week's pick to click and flick. These are the guys you want to consider getting in your starting lineup or guys you might want to consider benching for various reasons. Give me a couple of quarterbacks you like this week and, and why, Chris? Yeah, I'll start with Jared Goff. I mean, the matchup's definitely lit. I mean, the Vikings have allowed four consecutive 300-yard passing games and an average of almost 350 over those four games. And they've allowed 370 yards per game in the last two, and that was to Mac Jones and Mike White. So they're getting lit up. Um, Goff, meanwhile, has averaged 24 points per game at home and only 13 on the road. He's got a 17-3 to touchdown interception ratio at home as well. So in a game that's going to be a weather-free shootout, that both teams need for the playoffs, yes, I said playoffs for the Lions. Look for a high-volume game. And you might also get a full snap count from Jamison Williams as well, which can help with big play potential. And I like Ryan Tannehill this week. Uh, he's been, you know, mediocre at best for fantasy in the four weeks since returning from injury, but he's faced four top ten defenses in that stretch, three of the top four uh, pass defenses, I mean. So this week he gets a break with the Jaguars, who have been the worst over the last month or so in defending the pass. They've allowed the third most quarterback points and amongst the most yards per game, second most touchdowns despite having a bye week in the last five weeks, too. Jacksonville's been even worse on the road. They've allowed five of six opponents to throw for 300 yards, 
and average, uh, and they've averaged 28 points per game and over two and a half touchdowns per game passing as well. So with a slumping Henry and a solid run defense for Jacksonville, I think this could be a really solid game for Tannehill. Okay. A couple of the quarterbacks I like are the other quarterbacks on the other side of both those games. Kirk Cousins, Minnesota. Hello, Detroit. I know Detroit's defense has improved in certain areas and all, but uh, Cousins is going to be slinging it to Justin, uh, Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen and T.J. Hawkinson, so he's going to get his points this week. 20-plus points, so uh, you need him to start him with confidence. And the other guy in that uh, matchup there, Trevor Lawrence for Jacksonville, the Titans secondary uh, still is not very good. Uh, I think he's going to get the the ball to Mr. Kirk this week as well as Zay Jones, Marvin Jones, uh, and, and Ingram, uh, Evan Ingram too. So if you uh, need a starter there, uh, Trevor Lawrence, um, borderline uh, number uh, QB1, maybe low-end uh, QB1 there for this week. A couple guys I'm concerned about, Deshaun Watson looked every bit of rusty as he was uh, last week, and that was uh, against Houston. Well, this week he has to go on the road to play Cincinnati in Cincinnati, a team that just beat the Chiefs. The rusty quarterback, Bengals solid secondary, that equals caution play for me. So if you've got a better option, I take it. And, of course, on Monday night, uh, Colin Murray, they're going to host the Patriots, and the Patriots always take away the best player there. Well, best player, <laughs> Colin Murray. <laughs> of course, he's got DeAndre Hopkins and Marquise Brown and James Conner and all, but I think the Patriots are going to shut down uh, the offense for the most part. There will be some plays here and there, but it's going to be tough on Kyler. I wouldn't expect much more than 20 points in this game. So, you know, uh, if you've got a better option, uh, another solid guy like a Joe Burrow or whatnot, and you went quarterback, quarterback heavy, sit in Murray this week. All right, Chris, how about you? A couple of quarterbacks you're not crazy about and why? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a little leery on Tom Brady this week. I mean, I know he had some great heroics on Monday Night Football, but a lot of – if you watch that game, that could be attributed to factors that really weren't Brady uh, necessarily – um, for the neck up, he's still the best, but he looked terrible throwing the ball again this week. He's missing guys a ton, especially downfield. And then the 49ers have only allowed three touchdowns over the last five weeks, the fewest in the NFL, and only 16 fantasy points per game to the quarterback. So with the pass rush the 49ers can provide in a decimated bust offensive line, I just don't think he's going to have a lot of time to function and think. And in a short week, I think he might show some age this Sunday. Uh, and then my caution play of the week is Dak Prescott. Uh, the Cowboys' offense is really flying high. Dak returned to the lineup in Week 7. They're leading the NFL in scoring by a wide margin. This is not really translated to fantasy success. He's outside the top 10 in points per game, despite tossing the most touchdowns in the NFL since he's come back. Um, the team simply just has not had to throw much, and this week looks like yet another very low-volume game. Texans will put up no fight. The Cowboys will be in clock-killing mode, and the Texans are the most generous team on the ground to face. So, uh, with their running game, I think for these reasons, the Texans have not been really giving up much to the fantasy quarterback all season. I think that's going to continue this week. Okay. How about a couple of running backs you like and why? Uh, yeah, with the uh, with the bye weeks, i got a couple of guys that uh, probably no one's thinking of starting, but they might surprise. I'll start with Cam Akers. You know, in a short week, you can always trust the running game, especially for the home team. And with all the injuries for the Rams, it also happens that the best way to protect their inexperienced quarterbacks and lack of receivers is to keep the explosive Raiders offense sidelined. Um, it's, it's those Raiders to consider as well. They've allowed the most touchdowns and fantasy points to running backs over the last six weeks, despite being on a winning streak, which is unusual. Usually losing teams give up a lot of stuff in, in the ground. And Akers seemingly taken over the workhouse workhorse role. Uh, he's got 90% of the action last week at a pair of scores. So I think if you need a bi-week filler, you could do a lot worse. Uh, then another guy that's probably sitting on people's benches is Isaiah Pacheco. Um, I know the Broncos have a great defense, but you may not realize the Broncos have actually allowed top 10 yards per game rushing and top 10 receptions per game to running backs this season. 
So they are susceptible to the running back, and they're pretty tough in pass defense. So I think, you know, th- there might be some, some room here. Since moving into a lead role in Week 10, Pacheco handled over 70% of the Chiefs, over 75% of the Chiefs' rushes, and 70% of the backfield touches he scored in consecutive weeks. He's actually been a solid RB2 for a month, but it's probably languishing on somebody's bench the whole time. So during this big buy-mageddon with everyone out, I think you can run him out there and be comfortable as an RB2. Okay, a couple of running backs I like this week. Uh, Jeff Wilson. Well, he had a terrible game last week. Uh, didn't even get many opportunities. Uh, the Dolphins fell behind. They started throwing the pat, the ball and such. Uh, so, anyway, I think he's going to rebound with a score on the Chargers. Chargers run defense one of the weakest in the league. So, start Jeff Wilson with confidence. Also coming off the bye, Dante Foreman. Uh, Seahawks run defense really, really bad. Remember, uh, Josh Jacobs just ran all over him. Well, Dante Foreman, that's what he does, run the football. Uh, and, of course, with Sam Darnold there, more of a game manager. I think it's going to be Dante uh, left, Dante right, Dante up the middle. And uh, so if you uh, got him and you need him, start him with confidence. A couple guys I'm concerned about this week, uh, Najee Harris, Pittsburgh. Uh, Ravens are on defense. We're already talking about this. It's quite good. And, of course, uh, Najee is also sharing uh, time now not only with Jalen Warren but Benny Snell. Uh, so uh, this is not not as much volume as he has, and he just hasn't been really scoring very often or consistently. So be careful about that. And then of course there's Isaiah Pacheco. <laughs> of course is uh, Chris's click. He's on my flick list. I know the Broncos run defense rated very well. I know they've kind of given up some uh, some run here and there, but they're coming off a game where they just shut uh, Gus Edwards and 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 Kenyon Drake down. And I I just see that uh, Mahomes is going to do his magic here. If you need Pacheco, start him. Hopefully, maybe you get 70 yards or so and maybe a score, but he's on my flick list. I, if I've got better options, uh, you know, for better matchups, then I'm going to sit Pacheco this week. Um, how about uh, you, Chris? Uh, a couple of running backs you're not crazy about and why? Uh, a guy we, you and I talked about earlier today is Zonovan Knight. Uh, he's taken advantage of some injuries in Gotham. He's got a lot of snap share the last two weeks. It's important to note, though, he's done it in the absence of all the other running backs that are usually ahead of him on the roster and more importantly, against two bottom feeder run defenses. I know there's a good chance that Michael Carter's back this week, so between that and the tougher opponent, I would just temper expectations for a big game by by Z this week. Um, Bills have played three PPR running back number ones in the last three weeks, and they've held them to an average of 12 points per game. So I think in a key week for the playoffs, I would not put my faith in a guy that has a very clearly identifiable path to less work than the weeks prior. For example, I would not play him over a higher volume guy with a tough matchup, like maybe James Conner against New England. Uh, and then my caution play, although he's a must play, is Dalvin Cook this week. Um, the Lions have been shockingly good in defending the ran- fantasy running back over the last month. Believe it or not, allowing the second fewest PPR points to the position over the last five weeks. Cook himself has only averaged 11 PPR points per game in the last three weeks. He's only scored one touchdown and is the RB29 over that span. So he's indeed outside the RB1 range over the last eight weeks as well. So he's not been super. Hard to get a read on Cook's recent history against the Lions. He's only missed five of his last 40 games, but three of those games have been the games versus the Lions. So (laughs) with the expected aerial assault on the Lions secondary this week that you mentioned earlier, Mike, I would suspect another fairly low-volume game for Dalvin Cook. Yeah, I tell you, two two running backs I thought were going to be good, and I drafted them in one team specifically, and that team missed the playoffs this year, is Dalvin Cook and Alvin Kamara. Oh, my gosh. They've had a couple of good games here and there, but for the most part, seven, eight, nine, ten points. And from your one or or one B, one A, you know, running back, you draft these guys in the first two rounds. You're hurting this year because of it. And uh, yeah, it, the results have been seen there. Anyway, how about a couple of wide receivers you like and why? 
Uh, I like the rookie Garrett Wilson. Uh, wide receiver number ones have lit up the Bills this season way more disproportionately than they should have. Uh, you know, last week the Pats didn't have an alpha, alpha dog, so they didn't really do it. But the three top dog wide receivers for the last three games before that have all topped 28 PPR points in each of those games, some of them up to 38 points. You know, Garrett Wilson himself is coming up back-to-back 25-point weeks since Mike White stepped under center. And he even posted a nice eight-catch for 92-yard line with Zach Wilson against these Bills just a few weeks back. So I'm playing the hot hand in the middle of a string of weak opponents. And then if you need a waiver-wire dart throw this week, take a look at Marvin Jones of the Jaguars. Yeah, the Titans have allowed the most points per game to the wide receiver this season, primarily due to allowing the most touchdown receptions, 17 in 12 games. Now, the Titans have also allowed the most wide receiver touchdowns over the last five weeks. And very interestingly, almost all of them have been to the bigger wide receivers after getting killed by speedy small guys in the first half of the year. Jones has not done much recently, but himself has also been a much better player on grass than on turf in his career, so he's got a grass game. And three career games in Tennessee with three different teams, mind you, he is averaging over 20 PPR points per game with a low of 15. It's also kind of weird. Every touchdown he scored in the last two seasons has been against an AFC team. So I kind of like Marvin Jones this week as a sneaky waiver wire, pull him off the bench and throw him in the lineup. What the heck kind of play? Wow. That's uh, that's some amazing stats there on Marvin. Starvin Marvin. Go, go, Mr. Jones. All right. A couple of wide receivers I like this week. Adam Thielen, I know he's coming off a really bad game. Uh, back in week three, he did score against the Lions. And, of course, their run defense is a little bit better. So they're going to is mostly going to be passing in this game. And, of course, they do have T.J. Hawkinson there now. But I think all three of them, Jefferson, Thielen, and Hawkinson, can score in this game. So if you need Thielen, uh, don't be too concerned about it. Uh, that's how I feel. Anyway, the other one is uh, Traylon Burks. Uh, well, I know a nasty hit on a concussion uh, uh, into the end zone, but guess what? You know, he scored in the play. He, he scored the previous week, even as a fumble recovery, but he's clearly become the alpha dog, the A.J. Brown uh, replacement there in Tennessee. So if he's healthy, he will score on the Jaguars this year if he plays. Uh, we'll see how he practices later this week. Anyway, a couple of guys I'm concerned about this week. Uh, Gabe Davis, uh, like you say, the Jets uh, – you know they uh, they they have trouble against the the, num- the number one usually. Uh, Gabe Davis has just been so up and down, inconsistent. I think the Jets are going to limit him, so we'd be lucky to get ten points this week in the PPR. If you got to play him, you got to play him, and I'm in that situation too. I'm hoping for the best, but I'm expecting the worst. And then there's Darius Slayton. He's going to be guard. Is he going to be guarded by Darius Slay? This is crazy. <laughs> anyway, Slay is going to slay Slayton, right? Uh, be careful about Darius Slayton. If you, if you need him, he is the number one for the Giants. He may catch a long pass here or there, but uh, I don't think he's going to have a big day against Mr. Slay. So if you've got better options, better matchups, take him. Uh, don't be afraid to sit Slayton this week. Well, I've been starting him every week, so we'll, we'll see. Anyway, how about you, Chris, a couple of wide receivers you're not crazy about and why? Well, here's the second guy we disagreed on this week, and I don't like Adam Thielen this week. I know it sounds surprising. I don't like a starting wide receiver facing the Lions, but if you look at the guys that have beaten them this year, they've been crushed by speed guys down the field and shifty slot receivers underneath. You know, kind of the, neither of these really refer to Thielen. You know, and also, Hawkinson is there now. He was not there earlier in the year when they played him. Yeah, I know Thielen did score against the Lions back in week one. They were very different. Both teams were very different teams then. And it was only his third touchdown against the Lions in 13 career games. Against the Lions, he's only averaged 47 yards per game and 10 PPR points per game for his entire career in 13 games against Detroit. Only eight PPR points per game since Justin Jefferson has been been there against the Lions. And the Lions have been one of the worst 
pass defenses in the league for the last three years, too. So I think the ball could be in the air a lot. I think he's going to find Thielen as much as many people think. And, and then I don't like Donovan Peoples-Jones this week. Uh, since he's allowed the fewest wide receiver receptions in the NFL, the second fewest touchdowns, and over the last month or so, they've been even better, giving up only eight wide receiver catches per game, despite playing in some high-scoring affairs. I think the return of David and Joku this week is huge, especially for, for Deshaun Watson, who's got a history of strong tight end usage in his years in Houston. So when you couple this with the obvious rust Watson showed and the extremely low target share that DPJ garnered last week, only three targets to Amari Cooper's nine, I think his floor is a little too low for my comfort level in this key week. And don't ever say we don't glad we glad hand each other here. So we got a couple of differing opinions. That's all that makes it interesting. We'll see what happens. Anyway, how about a couple of tight ends you like this week and why? A uh, couple of guys that kind of reflect some of the, the, these these two reasons I don't like the the receivers I just mentioned. I'm gonna start with T.J. Hawkinson. Uh, it's not really a true revenge game. I think Hawkinson probably appreciates being traded to a Super Bowl contender closer to his hometown. But regardless of the motivation, he finally gets to face one of the worst teams at defending the tight end. The t- Lions have allowed seven tight end touchdowns in the last eight weeks. And, in fact, when the teams met nine weeks ago, the Vikings used this game plan. Tight end Irv Smith had as many targets as Justin Jefferson in that game and, and way more than Thielen. Hawkinson has been targeted way more than Thielen since the trade, and I think this is a good week to assume that continues. High volume. And then I love David Njoku this week. Uh, he's the second most targeted Brown when he was in the lineup. And he's in the top five in most receiving categories when he got hurt in week seven amongst tight ends. He stepped right back up to that level when he came back in week 12. Now, after a week off, he's going to return this week. It's his first week with Watson as quarterback. Like I said, he's got a long history of using the tight end. Meanwhile, no one's given up as many receptions or yards to the position in the last three weeks as have the Bengals. So there's a high PPR floor and maybe even a high ceiling as well for Njoku. Okay, a couple of tight ends I like this week. Uh, Hunter Henry, uh, I know he's kind of been up and down and all, but uh, guess what? The Cardinals are really terrible at defending the tight end. And so I think this is actually going to be an up game for Mac Jones. Uh, you can stream him. And I think one of his big targets this week is going to be Hunter Henry, so don't be afraid to start him if you need him to stream him. Uh, Gerald Everett, the Dolphins have given up seven tight end TDs, and Everett's coming off a solid game. He's much, much more healthier than he was a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Mike Williams, I'm not sure if he's even going to play again. I know they've got Palmer and Keenan Allen is now starting to score, but Gerald Everett's a big part of that passing game, so uh, start him with confidence this week. A couple guys I'm concerned about. I know uh, Tyler Conklin has had some uh, good games here and there, but the Bills, not against the Bills, the Bills have allowed zero tight end uh, 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 scores. So I'd sit Conklin this week. And, of course, Hayden Hurst coming off that calf injury. Uh, uh, I put him on the click list back on Monday, and then Monday afternoon they said, oh, he's good, doubtful to play this week. So uh, monitor him. Uh, but even if he's upgraded to questionable, I'd say he's not going to be playing at full percent, 100 percent. And the Browns are very tough against the tight end. So either temper your expectations if he plays or outright bench him and look elsewhere if he doesn't. Uh, how about you, Chris? A couple of tight ends you're not crazy about and why? I don't really like Kate Otten this week. Uh, the rookie had definitely a Brady's eye in Monday Night Football, 10 targets. This is more than he had in the last three games combined. There's just a little too much variability here for a Week 14 guy, for my liking. This week also looks like a good week to give him a pass based on matchup. The Niners have allowed a league-low 47 catches in 12 games of the tight end and only two touchdowns, both to Atlanta in Week 6. They've only allowed two tight ends to top 25 yards all season with only three tight ends hitting double digits in PPR and none over five points since week seven. So really, really low floor for Kate Otten this week. 
But I don't like Dawson Knox. I mean, he couldn't even catch a single pass last week against a bottom five tight end defense option. And he had three games against bottom ten options in the last four weeks, and he averaged only four PPR points per game. I mean, if he can't score a tight end touchdown against the Lions and the Patriots, and as we've often discussed on this podcast, he's a very touchdown-dependent option as a fantasy player with too few targets to have PPR value. Against a team this week that has yet to allow a tight end to score, he seems better left out of the lineup and maybe not even rostered. Yep. Ooh, wow. That's pretty bad for Dawson. Oh, he's such a good guy last year, too, for fantasy. <laughs> All right, one-hit wonders, kicker and defense. Let me have him. I like Kami Fairbairn uh, for Houston. Dallas is actually fairly generous to the place kicker, and Fairbairn's one of the few guys kicking indoors this weekend. And I love Cade York. No one's allowed more kicker points or field goal attempts than Cincinnati has. They've allowed three-plus field goals in seven of their last ten games. So I like uh, both those guys that have a lot of volume. And then for defense, I like the, the, the Raiders going into uh, L.A. to play the Rams. After only ten sacks through the first ten weeks, the Raiders have 11 in their last three games, and they're facing a Rams team that is just hemorrhaging fantasy points to the defense, so that looks good. And then I love KC at Denver. I mean, talk about some great history here. Besides the fact Denver's just been giving up points a lot this year, KC has scored 10-plus points in 13 of their last 14 games against the Broncos. They've averaged 14 points per game for their fantasy defense, and it's 16 points per game and games in Denver. So they just love chewing up the Cowboys or the, uh, the Broncos uh, with their defense. Yeah, I tell you, those two defenses you mentioned uh, are on my radar, too. Uh, you know, in the uh, newsletter, in the market feature, we go over five, highlight five uh, defenses that are probably available or, you know, uh, people are considering them. I'm not going to talk about Buffalo and Philadelphia and, and Dallas because everybody has those guys. But, yeah, I, I was surprised to take a look, and I was like, oh, the Raiders got to be on this list. And, of course, Kansas City was first on the list, so I like those two matchups, too. Anyway, thank you for joining us. Uh, for Chris Rito, this is Mike, Mike Nazrak. See you all next week. Week when we offer our Week 15 preview. Yes, getting to the nitty-gritty start of fantasy playoffs. Good night and good luck to everyone playing this week. Football! Football? You know, a physical sport. You've been listening to the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge with your host, Michael Nazareth, the definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Join us next time. Until then, remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. Good day, sir!